The following show features episodic breakdowns of Jackass, either performed by professionals or under the supervision of professionals. For your safety, avoid listening to this podcast at all times. Hi, I'm Mikey Aaronworth. I'm Jason Wellwood. And I'm Chris Aaronworth. Welcome to Jackass. Welcome to Jackass. It's the podcast where we're on a path of destruction through every single episode of Jackass. We're just three lifelong fans of the show, reliving the belly laughs, bad ideas, and broken bones. And oh, did I say three people? We're actually two today, Jay, because uh, Chris isn't going to be joining us. Chris, my brother, your co-host, uh, uh, he's he's going to be away actually for the next <laughs> yeah. couple of weeks. But uh, we're we're going to go on in spite of him. And what he we usually are. does is gives us the fact of the day because this episode came out July 29th, two thousand one. And look at me, Jay, doing my research. You're doing it. Oh, all right. Guess what film came out? You're never going to guess what film came out this day. Actually, let's try this. Let's try this. The Venn diagram. You you like the Venn diagram between uh, fans of Oklahoma and Jackass. And we'll see if this works. We're going to have some film fans and see. Uh, This film, uh, like I said, July 29th, 2001, premiered on this day, starring Anne Hathaway and Julie Andrews. Huh. Yeah, I'm not as much of a film buff as you are. You, you're usually quick on these ones. I have no idea. How about I this? Because I know you're a wrestling fan, right? All right. Andre the Giant was in this movie. Really? Oh, yes. this is like a okay. Really? Wow. Uh, oh wait, no, never mind. Nope. That's the Princess Bride. This is <laughs> this is the Princess Diaries. <laughs> this is the Princess Diaries. Are you thinking about Andre the Giant or it was- Paul Paul White, The Big Show? No, no. Uh, Andre the Giant was in Princess Bride. Uh, I'm thinking Princess Diaries, which is what actually came okay. out. And Andre the Giant yeah, is not in that. He would have been dead. That's why I was asking. All yeah, right. yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and also the 88th Tour de France took place. Uh, Lance Armstrong was disqualified from it. And on this page where I'm looking at like this I day. I wonder why. It's, it's, yeah, I wonder why. Who knows? But there's a picture of him and it's like to show you who Lance Armstrong is. And it says Lance Armstrong and under his like occupation cyclist and drug cheat that's now that's now what we what we think of him as i guess holy moly yeah Yeah, put that in the hall of fame uh man i gotta say i will miss uh, i will miss not having chris here but you did fine you did a fine job today mikey uh he's off in the jungle somewhere in cambodia hopefully he he is with the wild boys he we uh, sent him there with with a spear and a couple uh oh henry's and uh hopefully hopefully makes it out alive i can think Um, of worse situations yeah me too me too um, West Coast jazz fusion legend Gene Simmons here. <laughs> He's Johnny Knoxville now. Welcome to Tongue Ass. It's honestly, huh? is it every huh? time? Tongue, oh, Tongue Ass, like Jackass. Hey, very yeah, nice. Yeah. Well done. A, well done. That was that was one of those rare situations where if you what? didn't go, eh, eh, I wouldn't have picked up on it. Oh, <laughs> Sometimes yeah. that actually works, apparently. I, I didn't know it right. does. I needed to. It's crazy how long his tongue is. Can we, what the fuck? How is that a I thing? Know. That is nuts. Yeah, it is. It, it's like a big old slice of uh, New York deep dish pizza. I <laughs> I want to take a bite. And uh, how did they get Gene Simmons is also my next question, because he seems like the kind of guy who will only do things for money. Yes. Uh, and it seemed pretty casual. They just kind of had him in, in like a someone's driveway, you know? Well, you know what it probably like was? Because I think everything he does is from his driveway. Like, I don't think he's go- traveling anywhere for any kind of marketing deal. Um, Gene Simmons, the kind of guy who I just I'm sure he's a nice guy. In fact, I, I, actually, I've heard he's not. But I just he seems like such an asshole. I don't know if I'd ever want to meet the guy, uh, you know, whatever. He's great yeah, with yeah, Kiss yeah. and all that stuff. But nah. he just gives me that vibe of like, 
a Simon Cowell without the awareness that like the bad boy thing is, is his own doing. I think that just comes too naturally to him. But there was the time when like Gene Simmons in kiss was, was crossing over with Tony Hawk. So he was involved in the skateboard community and randomly oh, like, yeah, like, right. like tangentially yeah, yeah. could have been something to do with that. Yeah. He was in Tony Hawk four. Wasn't kiss in yeah. Tony Hawk four. Yeah. One, I think, yeah, I think up. it was Tony Hawk four. Yeah. That yeah. Was, that made no sense. I don't even really like kiss. I know there's people who are big fans of them. Uh, never got it. Don't not, like the I've gimmick. never gotten it either. Yeah. Uh, I don't even think the music's that good. Honestly, I was listening to, I was listening to some like uh, green day because I was just feeling like I, I wanted some nineties punk and nice. Can't go I saw they did a cover of rock and roll all night. And I was just thinking, isn't this like, okay, I get Green Day is like a big, if you're thinking of the punk rock ethic of never sell out all this bullshit. Sure. Uh, that's like the exact, that's like the furthest away from that that you could go. Let's cover a Kiss song. I know, uh, I know. And it was Green, I just thought that was weird. Green anyway, Day feels like a weird, yeah, that's a weird crossover. Green Day and Kiss, I don't know, I don't know about that. We're getting off track, but uh, this episode is season three, episode eight. The final episode of season three. Side no, note. No, no, there's one more episode of season three. We just haven't done it. We just haven't done it yet. Yes. Okay. <laughs> we may or may not come back to that. There's some things around that. We won't get into specifics right now. That, oh, uh, no, no, no. You're talking about Gumball Rally. Gumball Rally is is season three, episode seven, which we, yeah, yeah, yeah. we are, we've made the choice to skip past. They spend a long time, a lot of time in Russia um, is, is one of the reasons Bad we just thought, you know, we, we'd have yeah, to yeah. talk around it a little bit. Uh, so we figured we'd save it for another another day. Uh, I'd also, I you know, Chris loves the gumball gumball rally. It'd be great to have him on that. But there is a an episode nine of season three, so we got okay. we have one more episode of of Jackass. Holy shit! All right, well that's cool because I just took for granted that these were all eight, you know, one and done. Yes. That's that's yeah. the way it's always been. Uh, don't fuck with me now. Let's move on and jump right into it. This is Bam with a paintball gun. He's yeah. got twenty shots in his gun. He tells us. And uh, he's going to shoot Phil as soon as he gets home. Now, I got to ask, Bam, why not just do a whole hopper? Why are you limiting your, limiting yourself to 20 balls? What's the point? It's you a good question. A, I'm sure a paintball gun can hold a lot more than 20, but for whatever reason, that's what he's got. He shoots himself in the foot while he's waiting for <laughs> Phil to show now up. Now he's got 19. Now he's got 19 <laughs> now left. he's got 19. Uh, here's, here's the thing, though, is, is, is part of me wants to believe that the reason why he's only got 20 in there is because deep down he does love his dad and he doesn't want to hurt his dad too much. 25, maybe something goes wrong. Maybe that 25th one hits him in the eye and now poor Phil can't see anymore. I thought that. Until when Bam's talking to the camera and he says, I've got 20 paintballs, he says, and he's going to fucking die. And like Bam takes things to another. I just, you know, we talk about this Jay all the time where he says some things about his dad. And I'm just like, even as a joke, I could never say that about my dad. I don't know what it is. Like he just says those taboo things. I'm like, I don't know about that. He's going to die. Ugh, I wouldn't want to jinx that with jinx the world with that. Yeah, yeah, they have a strange relationship. It's very constrained. Bam feels like it. I can't say for sure, but it, from watching, it feels like they don't know how to communicate their feelings <laughs> to each other as father and son. So instead, they say terrible things, and then once yeah. it goes too far, you see the the uh, wallpaper start to peel back a little bit. And there's yeah, a heart got, under there. They've, they've got, got, got a father son relationship like a uh, like a like a like a couple of grade schoolers. Like that doesn't seem healthy. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, I got to tell a quick paintball mm. story because this when he shot himself in the foot I, I immediately was transported back to when i was like 15 years old and this is a memory i haven't thought about until i saw this it just 
awakened that in me. Um, we were out in the bush playing paintball. It was the first time I had bought a paintball gun. I saved up some money to get one and go out with my friends. Uh, we were playing with we were playing with this rich kid who, of course, he had like one of those fucking you know soft trigger fully auto things, and I had like sure. the Walmart ninety dollar. Every time you take a shot, it <laughs> goes off. Ping. Yeah, and it's like. <laughs> <laughs> piece of shit but i remember we were all setting up and one of my good friends was uh doing he was sitting against a tree almost exactly like bam sitting right now yeah and the rich kid comes over and he's he's waving his gun around and he says he says that uh, what do you think would happen if i shot you in the kneecap he's like well it would probably hurt and then you know lo and behold he shoots him in the kneecap from point blank because we're teenagers, we think that shit's funny. So my buddy's rolling around on the floor. Uh, the next day, we get together, and he shows us this welt that he has. It's uh. like this perfect circle, this purple and kind of red-purple circle right on his kneecap. And uh, the the line was, dude, that doesn't even look real. You probably just colored that in with a marker to make me feel bad. <laughs> and I, I just, every time I... <laughs> like when I saw Bam shoot himself, I just thought about that him the next day just coloring it in to make Phil feel bad. A, that a, that feels Sharpie, like you know, like the that that character of your rich kid friend that writes himself. No, a, like that's just so yeah yeah. That's yeah. I was honestly like kneecaps creep me out. I just I always worry about like shattering. It just feels so fragile. So when you were telling that, I was like, it's gonna yeah, break, dude. From point blank with the paintball, those things move fucking fast. Yeah, I he was he was in quite a bit of pain. I do I do <laughs> love that though because because Phil comes out and Bam obviously gets gets his licks in. He shoots him. He's shooting inside the car. This is clearly pre Viva La Bam, and we know this because a the year that it comes out, but also uh, uh, Phil has his old car still, which means that, like. I don't think they know they have MTV money anymore. So when when Bam's like fucking up his car and shooting in the inside of the windshield, Phil's probably just like, well, fuck, dude, like I've got to clean this now. Yeah, I don't know if he felt car. it. He looked like the Hulk walking towards a hail of bullets, like the paint, paintballs were just like popping off of him like he didn't feel it. But once he started to shoot inside the car, I was like, no, bueno, man, that's not cool. Yeah, dude. And when you get off of work and you're just fucking done with your office job, you yeah. know, listening to Larry hanging his head over your cubicle and, you know, asking you if you watched fucking uh, Survivor last night. Oh, fucking Larry loves Survivor. Bill getting voted out. And, Larry uh, you loves just don't Bill care. from Survivor. You just don't care. You just want to go home. And then Phil's, you know, he's tired. He walks back. He's a big guy walking long distances, probably tires him out. He gets back to the van. He's not, last thing you want is paintballs getting shot at you and on your windshield. I feel for Phil in this one. I really do. And, uh, I mean, I don't think this is one that we need to rate. It feels yeah. like an interstitial, but I do, I will say that, um, again, just to show Bam's character before, you know, it, it's all wrapped up. We got to get a close up point blank shot. And I immediately just, <laughs> this story I just told you, it's like, Bam is that rich spoiled kid who cares not for anyone else's feeling feelings. Yeah. He's not em- empathetic. He just wants to, he just wants to. He just wants to look good in front of that camera, and he, that's why he shoots Phil point blank in the foot um, as it's, he's I trying to get into the bed. That to me was the funniest part of this sketch. It was funny. Bam, Bam has this weird thing, and he does this on on Viva La Bam all the time, especially with Ape, where he makes an excuse. And he says it as though it has all the merit in the world to like justify why he's doing something. And this one yeah, is like, yeah, yeah. I got shot in the foot. I was just testing it out. And then Phil's like, aha. And he's like, it felt like this and shoots him exactly. right in the foot for like, it was like, it's mean, but that was actually a really funny way to do it. Yeah, definitely. I like, I, I get it. 
but it's just i'm just saying that's bam's character right yes. there. yes oh 100 you know and the whole time he's doing the fucking intro to this thing he's doing the side talking mouth to the camera yeah. he's doing the you know phil's gonna get it he's laughing at his own jokes man i i don't know i are you I are really you down on him are you down on him in this I, season I'm, i don't like i know he's going through a lot of shit in his life right now and i don't want to just like keep kicking the guy when he's down but like when i look back at bam it's kind of i kind of feel like dude the place you're in now might be because of who you were and you got to deal with that i mean i'm uh, sorry that is, that is the tragedy of, of bam margera is is everything in his life from the insane amount of fame to the how cool everyone thought he was to the addiction and to the sort of uh, downfall that he experienced or the or the difficulties that he experienced they are all because he is who he is all the good and all the bad i agree with you like but here's the thing is in the first season or so of jackass do you remember us talking like man i forgot bam was this badass because later in jackass he becomes like the cool guy and that works for a lot of people and he is really cool but i did also uh forget that that early on in Jackass, he was a badass. Like he was hurting himself as much as anyone. He was putting himself through the ringer, taking on crazy stunts. Um, and then you get to see like this, like this kind of stunt where where he's kind of coasting on his image alone and, and the coolness. And I don't like that version of Bam quite as much. Yeah, no, I agree what you said. And I would, I would go to bat for Bam as a badass of someone who's done a lot of painful things and has stood yeah. up to the plate and did them. And uh, yeah, not underplaying that at all. Like he definitely deserves that recognition. Um, but I don't know. We've watched a lot of Jackass and it's like every time I see Bam now and he's doing that thing, it's just, it gets on my nerves I know. a little bit. I don't know if anybody listening feels the same. Uh, maybe you still think Bam is the coolest motherfucker. And if you do, hey, good for you. More I'm power glad. to you. Yeah. More power to you. But <laughs> I don't know, man. Just. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway. You and I are on the same page, Jay. I totally agree. Uh, up next is water tubing. Yes. Oh, yeah. Johnny Knoxville out at the lake with who I can only assume is his stepfather driving the boat because who else? <laughs> uh, this is tubing to vacation by the Go-Go's. I, I was going to say one track. of my first notes. Love this song. Love this song choice. It's awesome. This my oh, second on. note, because this is basically yeah. all that happens in the stunt is is them just tubing and, and sitting yeah. on the boat in one of the more fun stunts i think that we've had in a long time which i also think is kind of a theme of this episode which we'll get into a little bit but the other thing i could not get out of my mind watching this is why is johnny fully clothed why does he have street clothes on <laughs> in a tube like he's got Hello? his he's got his converse <laughs> sneakers on he's got his jeans like a plaid shirt like i'm wearing right now i was like dude is there no bathing suit? Does MTV not have a budget for a bathing suit? Yeah, Pontius no. knew what was going on. He's in there in like his his ch uh, Chippendale outfit. Yeah, yeah. Everyone else seems to be be there. I don't know. He just shows up and goes in there like he's going on a camping trip or something. Yeah. It's bizarre. Well, maybe Johnny's just a little body conscious. You know, give him a maybe. Yeah. He wanna, you know, he's the kind that goes into the hot tub with his long sleeve shirt on. You know. Yes, exactly. He's, exactly. Uh, he's he's modest. He's um, modest. We gotta say that. You know, everybody's done this. And I think we've probably talked about this on the podcast before. Tubing is tubing, great. Tubing stories. Everyone has tubing stories, man. I can't think of the amount of times that I've been like flung off a tube 20 fucking feet into the air and smacked, 100%. you know, onto my chest into a, a cold Canadian lake. It's uh, a rite of passage and I will never do that shit again as long as I live. My tubing days are done. I retired <laughs> at like age 17. I'm good. I don't need I agree, any more man. It looks like harmless fun, but... Tubing can be so fucking dangerous 
Uh, you know, I don't want to be the guy like, I don't know you kids, that's dangerous. Cause I'm sure if I end up having kids, I'll, I'll take them tubing and I'll do what my dad did. I'll drive around in a big, slow circle, get as much waves as I can see which direction my kid is facing on the tube, bolt the boat as fast as I can into the opposite direction and drag him through the waves and let him just fly up. That's what my dad did to me. Yep. I'm going to do that to my kids. I might lose a couple in the process. I don't know. Uh, but it just feels like you have to do it. My friends and I used to have two tubes at the same time where that like same, same distance apart and you guys would smack into each other. Someone landed on me in one. And then on the second go, the rope nearly took my head off. And that was the moment I said, <laughs> I was I'm just going to say tubing. I'm done. That, I can't do this anymore. That seems like a huge health hazard. Like someone's going to lose their so head. so dangerous. That's I crazy. never want to do it again. I, times were so different. I, you know, and when you, you talked about how dads just instinctively know there's gotta be something that turns on in our primal <laughs> brain when they're behind the wheel of a boat and they got a kid in a tube. That's the strategy. Yep. Gun it, get a big wake, turn, hit the wake. <laughs> the opposite direction and just let the kid go yeah. flying. You get whiplash, yeah. you get sent 12 feet in the air. It's dangerous. It's, yeah, it's uh, but, but what I liked about this one is that that wasn't even the point of this one. They weren't trying to hurt each other. They were just yeah, going off stunts. Really. Everyone's laughing. It's like they all realized, like they all had this handshake agreement. Let's, let's just kind of take this one easy. We'll have a great yeah. time and it'll be a stunt where no one gets hurt and we all just, just enjoy ourselves. There was one moment when Wee man is about to go off of a ramp and Pontius is there in his Chippendale outfit, which for a second, I thought he was wearing the puka shell necklace, but it was just like the collar, like a Chippendale would wear. And Wee man misses the ramp. The boat goes on the other side of the ramp and Pontius has to jump over the rope of the, uh, attaching the boat to the, to the inner tube. And I'm like, if that hits him, that's taking a fucking leg off like that. Again, I maybe it's just me and my older age, but I'm so concerned about the safety of people when they're using inner tubes. It's it seems spooky. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it looks like so much so much fun because it seems harmless. Ah, you're in the water. You know, it's water sports. You'll be fine. But yeah, yeah, there's some hazards for sure. What, What would you rate this if you had to give this sketch a rating? I think it's pretty meaty that we could give it a number. You know, uh, you know what? Okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna give this one uh, a rating that I don't think Johnny Knoxville could say after this one because at one point he puts the rope in his mouth and is holding on by that, which was absurd. I couldn't believe he did this. Uh, but so I'm gonna give this a seven out of ten. Seven. All right. A seven out of ten. Very creative. I did not prepare. Uh, I did not come up with any, <laughs> you know, clever theater of the mind here. <laughs> Water tubing was all right, but probably just a four because I don't know. I've been tubing and I don't know. Like I get it. No, I, I, I think you more and I an like this one. Jackass, I, I think you and I like this one for different reasons. I like it because they didn't try to do anything with it. And it was just friends being pals. Uh, but also, I understand why someone might want more out of that. And uh, Chris is somewhere, as I mentioned, in a jungle in Cambodia. It's probably <laughs> about sundown over there. So he's at this moment, probably banging two rocks together and attempting to get a fire going yes um on his behalf do you want to give do you, do you want do you want to pick a rating for chris yeah we're we gonna give this alone? one uh, an inner tube out of 10 ah there you go all right all right and uh, best of luck chris i hope you survive the night and make it back <laughs> to us soon um sleepo is here he's fallen asleep in the van and it uh, looks like knoxville is going to pretend that they're just at the precipice of a car crash 
he's going to scream and yell and wake Steve-O up. I don't think Steve-O really realizes what's going on because he kind of no. just smiles at him and goes back to sleep. It's, so, but this may be one of, because this is now a very common prank. This is one of the first cases of it I've ever seen. So good on them for doing it. It's basically someone asleep. The other person screams as though they're about to get in an accident. And then the person wakes up and everyone has a good time. Simple, fun, to the point, great interstitial. Yep, that's right. And the uh, PTSD diarrhea will come days later. Sculpture <laughs> Garden is up next. Pontius is painted up like a statue and blending in with the scenery at the local park. It, it, people actually do this, right? This isn't just a jackass sketch. I mean, it is uh, unless is they thing. got the idea from jackass. Uh, uh, usually it's people, but they have like they set themselves up as though it's in a specific place that would be a a statue. And then people collect. They stand still and, and they scare people and people give them money. This one was funny, though, like it was Pontius dressed up kind of in like all the bronze of a statue, like a weathered statue. It looked like they were in France or something like that, somewhere in Europe for sure. And he would just pose at different points in the in the in the garden. I didn't know what to think of it when it first started. I thought there was a lot of potential. Uh, I know that this season Pontius has been a little bit less talkative towards the camera. And I wonder if some of that is because he's in his kind of like cool kid phase where he's like, like what he does to the camera now is he flexes. He doesn't make jokes as much anymore. Uh, And I worry that this would be a little bit too much bravado, but he was back to his uh, his fantastic bullshit on this one. I loved it. Yeah, definitely. He he does, you know, get a little silly too. He's he's running, chasing after kids and he goes all scary monster on them and just, you know, he's. He's yelling at him. He's Did you hear Cossack behind the camera when he was chasing the kids up? Yeah, he's just telling him to leave him alone. Don't he's touch like, don't him. touch them. He's like, just don't touch Because <laughs> <laughs> he's like, he sees there's a lawsuit on his hand. And one kid ends yeah. up crying, which is oh, yeah. hilarious. Um, that but kid, people, I would, people were like so... They got that it was a joke. Like you see the mom after give the kid a hug mm-hmm. and she's, she's laughing. She's smiling. Like you do that today and you, you made someone's kid cry. You know, they'd be... They'd be getting up in your in your face. And it's very possible. And there were there to, was there were some know, points which I liked, it. and I like I like in in some of these jackass sketches earlier on because it was before pranks were like a really big thing, especially in the earlier seasons where people are just so confused as to what's happening. Like when Pontius follows a guy in like a business suit onto a boat, and the guy looks at him like, "What what could this possibly mean? This wasn't in the cards when I woke. <laughs> I've I've taken this route into work for the last twenty years, and no statues have fallen me. Like he just." cannot comprehend what's happening to him. And I, I like that, you know, it's, it's typical. Like uh, this is always a fun process in a jackass sketch where it starts with an idea. It goes right. It goes wrong. And then it starts to devolve. And when it starts to devolve into Pontius, just chasing people, I was, I was actually totally cool with it. This is believe it or not, one of my favorite Pontius sketches, uh, wow, in spite really? of the fact that he, he's not really saying anything to the camera. You just really get that silliness and childlikeness out of him instead of kind of that bravado Pontius that we've had this season. It was fun. Right on. Yeah. I, I didn't mark it down for rating on this one because no. it's pretty short, sweet, but, uh, yeah, it was fun. It was fun to see him doing something a little bit different for sure. And speaking of something quite the opposite of something <laughs> a little bit different. Yes. We're rolling out an old sketch. It's the return of Night Monkey with the sequel, Night Monkey 2. And this time, we've got the whole crew on board, including Brad Pitt, according to the (laughs) subtitles. Uh, Everybody's in a different monkey costume, different colors, you name it. All different species here on board today, boys. Multiple monkeys. And I see that the original Night Monkey must have been getting busy in his off time, if you know what He's got some offspring now, yeah. Uh, No, no. It's, Hmm? It's tax season, Mikey. Oh, it's tax season? Yeah, taxes. 
Oh, of course he's getting busy. Yes. No, no, I, I I agree. He's got a lot of responsibilities uh, and he's got a, he's got also listen, his, his job, his professional job of wreaking havoc in the nighttime as he is a night monkey. That's a title, not his actual name. I think his name is Clarence. Uh, He's got to write off quite a bit, all the damage to the, to the city. Someone's got to pay for that. His company pays for it, but then he's got to recoup some of that in taxes. That's just how it works. He's a busy man. You think you can write off feces? I, I know I've tried. And I know I've also tried to write my tax forms with feces, right. uh, and it's not always worked. Sometimes it has. They refuse to take a look at it, and then I just don't pay any taxes, and I can't imagine that's ever going to come back to haunt me. But uh, but it turns out sometimes they don't like that quite so much. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. You know I, what? Dis- you know what distracted <laughs> me in this sketch what? more than anything, more than conversation about feces and taxes. Like you said, title card. Bam uh, Margera runs out of the van. Right. The next title card, Brad Pitt. I'm like, there's no fucking way. He's in a he's in a monkey well, how, costume. I'm how like, do you know? We how didn't do you know? Could see be anybody behind the mask. So I was looking at like the color yeah. of the the monkey yeah. outfits and yeah. trying to see like what this person was willing to do. Steve-O's monkey outfit was a similar color to Brad Pitt's, but you also got Pontius and Knoxville in there as well. And they're just wreaking havoc. Sometimes they're hurting themselves. Sometimes they're in the in the shopping carts. But it turns out. This was actually Brad Pitt. No, was Dude, it? Are, are you like? This, are you there serious? Are two, two, I I know. I th- I couldn't believe it, and that's what distracted me. But if you if you pay close attention, there's one scene towards the very end of it where um uh where one of the monkeys is like rolls over on the ground, like just got hurt or something. Uh-huh. And he pulls his mask off and it's actually Brad Pitt. And then the oh, other way. time it's a monkey pushing another monkey in a shopping cart against, I think it was Steve in the shopping cart with full of bananas and the camera stays on him and he takes <laughs> the mask off and it's fucking Brad Pitt. Okay, he I didn't even notice there. that. I didn't even notice that. I, I think I was too busy taking notes. So that's a fail for me for sure. But holy shit, that's, that's pretty cool. But yeah, I, I guess, at the time, he would have been obviously like he was a lot younger. So I feel like him wanting to do this type of thing as an actor it makes sense because it's it was I, a phenomenon. I just, like it was a this pop is culture after thing, Fight so. Club. Like he's enormous. Like he's enormous at this yeah. point. This is post Fight Club. Brad but Pitt. He's not. He's also not so big and established. And he's he's not in his more mature Brad Pitt phase where he may, yes. may turn something like this down or not have the time for it. So no, I, I guess cool I could to, see it's it. cool to see him in it. I just imagine that if you're like his agent or his management team, like you get yeah. insurance, you get insurance in every contract you do with a with like a movie that you're filming and usually the contracts will say something like you can't go skiing you can't go snowboarding no extreme sports because if you get hurt in the process of filming filming shuts down so they have like they have to take insurance out and all this stuff i imagine someone saw this after the fact and said brad what the fuck were you thinking you're mario karting down the streets of of la at this point what if you get arrested what if you get hit he gets bowled over by a go-kart at one point like that can't be good for the movie maybe uh Maybe Gene Simmons had a coupon, you know, <laughs> like uh, get, you know, pay for the full price of admission for a for a um, video op with Gene Simmons. Get 50 percent off a Brad Pitt appearance, you know, like uh, he's could a businessman after one, all. Yeah. I, I could see, you know, a little incentive to to make those sales. I, he's he's bundling himself up. The, the, yeah, only, yeah, the only other thing I want to say about this one, because, you know, it's it's this one's just fucking havoc the whole time. eh? like it, it doesn't stay too long on anything. And I think that's the way it should be filmed. But there's one part where the monkeys are are like going crazy near a gas station. Right. And 
to us now, it's funny to see, but imagine late at night, you're the only one at a gas station and a bunch of hooligans in monkey costumes start screaming and kicking over cans and stuff. That would scare the shit out of me. I'd be convinced I was about to die, like some clockwork orange bullshit. Yeah, like a gang of monkeys just terrorizing the city at night. Exactly. I, I, I think I'd feel the fear. Um, hey, is it weird to you that we're seeing 20-year-old b- bananas on screen here? Like... Those of which have now long since biodegraded and like they've returned to the earth to become a tree or a bush or more bananas. That's a good point. I never thought about that. I never thought about that. Those are all old. We're watching the now ghosts of bananas. Yes. And ghosts of bananas was my old uh, high school book of poetry, actually. It was, a, it was a little disturbing for me. Uh, I, I had to take pause at that moment, <laughs> which is fine because uh, nothing brings me back to reality like honoring Canada's fourth national sport just underneath lacrosse, hockey, and everybody's favorite redneck nephew toss. This is ice block skating. <laughs> ice block skating, dude. I was, I was all, I was all about this one. I was all about this. Like here's, here's the thing, you know, usually before the episode, you and I have a conversation of like, which, which stunts we want to rate, which ones we don't, which ones we can skip through. So like, which are the more substantial ones? And this one, we usually try to keep it around like six or so six stunts. Cause that's good. This one was so hard because everything was kind of simultaneously an interstitial and not an interstitial. And I found that that kept the pace of this going up. Like we, yeah. we, we could have reviewed night monkeys. We could have reviewed the statue. We could have recu- uh, uh, reviewed ice block. All of them are kind of both stunts and non stunts. So we, we kind of, you know, mixed and matched what we want to do, but this one similar to, to like ski, sl- uh, ski, uh, scooter, the snow scooter. I could have right. seen way more of this one or, or any of Dave Anglin's mountain ones. I loved it. Did you like this one as much as I did? Yeah, I had fun watching this. It looks like something I'd like to try. And it, it really is. It's short and sweet. It's quick. Nothing really stands out, but the guys are all having fun and laughing at each other. And uh, yeah, I, I don't think I liked it as much as the time uh, Ryan Dunn got his, his nutsack stuck to the block of ice, but it was good. <laughs> it was good. It was so actually uh, uh, to clarify, they they basically what they do is they have these weird contraptions. They've they've retrofit ski boots and to the bottom of the ski boots, they put actual blocks of ice and they ride those blocks of ice yeah. down a hill. And you got Steve-O doing it, Dave Englund doing it, Johnny Knoxville's doing it, Danger Aaron's doing it. There's one clear standout in this one, and it's Dave Englund. He's really good at this somehow. I have no idea yeah. how, but he's really good at it. Well, he's a snowboarder, right? Yeah. So I think but he's so got is that Danger advantage. Aaron. So is Aaron, right? And Aaron yeah. seems to, he, he can't seem to get it. And he, uh, he yeah. knows it. At the, the way, I love the way this stunt ends. He's walking up back up the hill, and he says to the camera, he's like, there's clearly someone who's the best at this one. It's me. And and I'm like, yeah, you're 100% right. You were nailing it. It looked like he just couldn't fall on them. It was really impressive. And Steve-O was the opposite. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He did terrible. He just kept, he, he would, he would right get on up, his ass too. Every on his ass and his head. He would fall on his ass, yeah, get yeah. up, fall on his head, get up, fall on his ass, get up, fall. On. It looked, it looked like he was in a computer game glitching, a computer game, a video game glitching out. It was hilarious. Yeah, yeah, it looks like a good time at the old grass hill, but uh, we got to move on back yep. into the urban environment because uh, we got one more little clip that didn't make it into Pontius's statue routine. He's just going to stand in the middle of a crosswalk and block a large bus because someone put a statue right here, goddammit, and uh, we are not going to disrupt that. Um, <laughs> yeah, he's he just, just stops, fun. poses in front, gets it. honked at. It was great. 
Yeah, that's this is a this is a character, by the way, that I don't think we see again in Jackass. But the, the many characters of Pontius. I don't think we do either. No. Yeah, this is kind of like a. Uh, I don't know, something you would find in like a bargain bin somewhere later. Like <laughs> if they a, made action figures of Pontius, this would be like one that I was going to say it's a like rare when supply. Go, when you go to the dollar store and you get like superhuman instead of Superman or like awesome man, it's like not quite Superman. It's like if this isn't quite Pontius, it's like a, like, yeah, I like that. I like that idea. I don't know what your problem with awesome man is. I had the whole <laughs> collection growing up as a child, but he doesn't have ice breath. That. He just has like pretty cold breath. Yeah. He doesn't have laser vision. He just can stare daggers at you. Yeah. He's got uh factory Fa- rubber breath kind of smells yes. a little bit like China somewhere. He's, he's um, got, he's got a, uh, uh he's, he's faster than a speeding paintball, not quite a bullet. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but Hey, you want to talk about speed? There is, Absolutely zero, <laughs> zero speed in this next sketch, uh, which would suggest otherwise. It's BMX Polo. Not many rules here. Just hit the ball through the posts with your mallet as you ride on a BMX bike. And I got to say, shout out to Phil Margera as the referee here. Love Alternate Love costume it. unlocked. <laughs> He's looking great. If this were WWF No Mercy on the N64, Phil would be my special guest referee in every match. That's every sure. single match. Every single match. And he, you know... MTV could have blown their budget a little bit more and got him an outfit that fits. I, like yeah. this covers half of his belly, half the guy. maybe yeah. half, maybe yeah. half. But he was wearing a white T-shirt underneath, so I give him you know uh, bonus right. points for trying. I gotta ask if any of those T-shirts had hamburgers on them, but we're, I would love to know. No, this we're, is we're pre pre Viva La Bam. I couldn't imagine <laughs> they did. Unfortunately, um, I was super excited though because you see Johnny introduce this one BMX Polo. Uh, simple premise. They're on a BMX and they're playing polo. So bikes instead of horses. But after he introduces it, then it shows Phil. And I realized, holy shit, we finally get some Johnny and Bam crossover in this one. Even Mm. though I, for the life of me, could not figure out who was in this one and whose team they were on. I know Johnny's in it. I know Bam's in it. I know Deco's in it. I couldn't tell who whether whether bam i think he was in the white outfit not the blue but i couldn't figure out who the other person was maybe ryan dunn but you don't see their face because they're wearing helmets and they don't give them a title card yeah yeah and it's it's messy like just the the chaos on screen is a little messy oh yeah and speaking of the chaos i mean there's not really much of a game happening here either i mean like everybody's hitting each other they're tackling phil uh, you know, shots with mallets to kneecaps and things like that. It's, <laughs> it's, it's getting out of hand real fast. I got to say, Phil, you are doing a terrible job. Terrible as job as a ref. As, as much as I vouched for you, I don't know, after watching this performance. It's funny though, because you know, the first, after the first face off, they're kind of trying to play a sport. And all I was thinking was like, how long until they're just whacking ankles with mallets? And by the third face off, they're kicking helmets, slashing ankles, tackling Phil. And I actually loved that chaos. Similar to like the the de-evolution of a stunt like we had with Pontius's where he starts chasing kids around. Yeah. You clearly got that in this one. And and I I thought there was enough there to make me laugh. I just really would have liked to have known who was who a little bit more. I couldn't believe even after rewinding, I couldn't piece it together. Yeah. And I think like, you know, with this sketch too, it's like you said, you couldn't really piece it together. It's a little disjointed and I'm going to jump right into my rating based yep. on that because of the disjointedness. It is fun to see them kind of just devolving into chaos and just saying, fuck the rules. It's just, you know, beat each other up. That is fun, but I think it fell apart as a sketch. So in honor of Phil's referee t-shirt, which was three sizes too small, <laughs> a three out of 10. Wow. That's so low. 
I, I this wasn't amazing, but I definitely don't think it deserves that low because I I kind of, you know, I, as I've said before, I like to grade it where five is sort of average, like down the middle. I'm going to give this one a six out of ten. I think it was slightly above average, uh, but nothing to write home about. OK, fair enough. Fair enough. Um, this next one, though, was something that I did not expect to see. Steve-O in uniform. <laughs> I that know, right? is a rarity. This is the security guard. Steve-O is going to run around Albuquerque, New Mexico, pretending that he is a man of the people, a protector of the people, everybody's favorite um, officer in uniform, of course, a security guard. He's just going to get people to, you know, do things like, hey, sir, could you move over just a little bit? (laughs) Because apparently where that man was standing was... You know, um, just couldn't be standing there. You just couldn't be standing there. And those weird little things were great. Uh, It's very improv, though, this whole thing. Like he doesn't seem to have a plan for what he's doing. He's just finding situations. And like he like the best is when he encounters another security guard. Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because, of course, like they're pulling the Spider-Man meme. They're pointing at each other. And then they call a third security guard over to figure out who's telling the truth. It's like they just gravitate towards each other. It's, It's hilarious. It's like. What are the odds, too, that that would happen? Because they have this little interrogation where, like, they're trying to determine. You can kind of tell there's a social game going on here beneath the surface. Is this guy actually a security guard? I know. And they're asking these non-direct questions to try to get Steve-O to reveal his cover here and blow it. And it's just, it's it's funny. Like, it's this fascinating. Is, this is you know? the most personality we've seen from Steve-O this season. And it, and it, it, it it's... It makes me remember why I loved him so much in season two, because he's so good at this. Like like you said, you know, that weird interaction between the security guards where one one guard is like, he's not supposed to be here yet. Like, he's not willing to say he's not one, but he's like, it's not his shift. And he's like, well, you're not supposed to be here uh, past five o'clock. And yet here we are. Like, who knows what's going wrong? It was great. The one thing I'll say, and we've been throwing this Steve-O guy's name around, uh, but it wasn't Steve-O. This was Sergio Powalski, which is the greatest, the greatest improvised name I've ever heard in my entire life. Sergio Powalski. And Sergio eventually finds his way into a golf cart. To, yeah. to, because he convinces the person there that that guy's going to be training him. And when he gets into the golf cart, what does that guy tell him? I don't even remember. What is he That it's him? his first day on the job. Oh, okay. There you go. I didn't <laughs> they're get like, that. They're like, why right. did you, he's, he's like, wait, they told you I was supposed to train you. And he's like, yeah. And he's like, it's my first day. And then Steve was like, oh, <laughs> that management, they don't know what the fuck they're doing. Yeah. <laughs> but it works amazing. to his credit because if this is this guy's first day, perfect. You've just I know. struck gold, Steve-O. You can, you can totally get away with what he's about to do next, which is it doesn't take long for him to ask, can I drive this thing? Of course, yes. the trainee is going to say, guy's first day on the job. Yeah, of course. Give him a shot at it, right? So they go into a parking lot. He's asking them, how does it handle these speed bumps? He's just flooring it over the speed bumps, you know? <laughs> Just being a real knob. Uh, it's, it's a typical like like you would write in a sitcom like how does yeah. it handle the, the speed bumps? He's like, well, it doesn't handle them very boom. And he just like you can hear the go kart like barely make it over the speed yeah, bump. It's like, oh, man, you can't, you can't write it better than that. Yeah, it was great. And uh, although nothing outrageous happens, you know, he doesn't uh, start throwing up on anybody or swallow any live creatures. It's it's a different side of Steve-O that I appreciated. He was yeah. trying his improv chops a little bit. I think sometimes he fell flat, but there were some good moments here, you know, for sure. And uh, at the end of the day, he walks away laughing back to the the van that had been tailing, you know, tailing them with the camera the whole time. And he's just, he's losing it. He's just, you could tell 
he's even blown away himself at how far he got. Like, I, yes. I assume this was going to be in his mind, another squid suit equivalent that, yeah, we'll try it, but it's probably not going to work out. And I think given the circumstances, they pulled off a pretty good one here. I think so too. Yeah. Uh, you want to give you- this one, uh, give this one your rating? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like I, I was just going to say with this one, Again, like I just mentioned, they pulled it off, but it doesn't go to that next level that I wanted it to. So unfortunately, I can't go too high, but I did appreciate seeing Steve-O do something different, step out of his comfort zone. So out of everything we've seen so far, I think this is the highest for me. I'd give it a five and a half out of ten. Nice. Yeah, I, I, you know, obviously I'm not as hard a marker as you are. Uh, uh, I do agree, though. It doesn't quite reach that height. I, I feel like it. And I don't even when I say this, I don't know what else they could have done. But I feel like he was still so tentative. Like if he went back and did this knowing the power that he had, I think it would have been even funnier. But I'm giving this one a six out of ten. Okay, perfect. Oh, wait, hold on. Hold on. There's a bird flying in my window here. There's a bird flying in your window. What's this? What's this? What, what is that? Is it? What's, is it a plane? It's, it's carrying a rolled up piece of paper. Hold on. Oh. Oh, that, that sounds like a mouth, a, a, a very wet piece of paper. Yeah, yeah. Actually, I don't I don't think this is saliva, Mikey, but it came from oh. your brother. And oh. uh, look, it says, send help, tiger, attack. Uh, the uh-huh. rest of it's nonsense. I can't make it out, but... Uh, wow, he, he was able to write tiger attack while being attacked by a tiger. I, I guess so. I mean, but we can't assume that's what happened. I don't have... Right, the, the maybe he's pranking message. us. Maybe he's uh, pranking he us. He could be pranking us. So, uh, Chris four out of ten okay sure we'll, we'll give it we'll give it a four uh one for each of the limbs he's gonna lose to that tiger hey yeah. there it is <laughs> you you and your connection make it over there all right listen we got to say goodbye to steve-o the security guard will we see him again probably not i think that was a once-off but you know what we will see again some more Canadian winter sports, goddamn! Hell yeah. This is ice craze. We're hitting the hockey rink, and we've got a variety of shit going on here. This is just a mixed bag of things you can do on ice, I guess. Um, we got Ryan Dunn and his chainsaw. He's It looks like he's making an ice sculpture. At least that's what I thought initially. Um, yes. Bam on a BMX bike and a naked Rab, which I got to say, out of all the guys <laughs> doing dangerous things on ice, Rab is... You know, even though he's not using a tool or an apparatus of some sort, he's just himself on skates. I would never, ever be naked on ice after uh, when I was a kid, man. And I, I stuck my lips to the pole of oh. a, you know, playground <laughs> equipment in minus 30. I learned real fast that you don't did want. Did you actually do that? Like, you don't like want a fucking Christmas skin. story. Oh, dude, I fucking did it. My lips ripped right off. I was bleeding. Oh. I, I looked like, uh, you remember back in the WWF Attitude Era days where that was... Uh, when Edge was a vampire, you remember that? Oh my God. Edge and Christian, oh they were vampires. Yes. It was like a fucking bloodbath, baby. <laughs> I was just covered head to toe. Um, but yeah, Rab doing this, like like I was saying, wet, damp areas of the body have no. a tendency to stick to ice. And uh, factor in that he's got blades on his feet. That's That's a dangerous combination. I'd rather be using a tool than risking mine on the ice. I agree 100%. But good on him. He's owning it. I mean, it's one of the things where like, you know, we always talk about, oh, what happened to Brandon? You don't see him in Jackass anymore. And we know after Jackass Forever that Rab kind of uh, relinquished himself to a behind the camera personality. Good on him. But I do miss him. He's great. I, you know, he always came in with this weird chaotic energy that I always really appreciated. Uh, and I think that this stunt had a ton of chaotic energy to it as well. It's clear here that this is kind of why in the barrel jumping stunt that we had from a while back, in at the beginning of it, Bam Margera brings out a skateboard with 
kind yeah. of like uh, uh, meant meant for an ice rink. And we're like, why didn't he ride that around more often? I would have liked a whole stunt just like that. It, well, now we know why, because he did. And he used it for this one here. His skateboard stunts were amazing. The bike that was meant for the ice clearly didn't work quite as well. But the man, the, the skateboarding on ice with that, that custom skateboard was awesome. That was cool. I totally agree. And he, he does pretty well. Um, but yeah, it is, like I said, at the outset of this one, it's just a bunch of random shit, just guys having fun on the ice. So I don't think it really needs a rating. We could probably just move Did you, right the on. The one but, thing I want to I wanna point out, because yeah, you yeah. mentioned you saw Ryan Dunn uh, uh, carving ice. Did you right. pick up on what that actually was? Oh, yeah. They ended up using the block as to, to build a makeshift ramp, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> it clearly like, failed. And they just said, fuck it. They failed Gotta so use this hard. for something. You know, so... Yeah. And then you see, you see everyone in the stands, like all of Bam's family is there in the stands. Like this is a family outing. Like, do you want to go get ice cream? No, I want to go watch my son and his naked friend dance yeah. around the ice for an hour and a half. Like it was, I don't know. I guess that's what you do in West Chester, Pennsylvania. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess now, uh, you know, we thought it was all fun and games and innocent when we, we saw Don Vito in the stands with the vi- family video camera uh, <laughs> until you realize that you got a naked teenage boy. <laughs> Just out there. Zo- yeah. Zoomed in on Rab the whole time. <laughs> anyway. Uh, yeah. That, that'll that be a fun family home video watch session. <laughs> um, man. Yeah. That's that sketch. You got to move on, though, to some more extreme winter sports because, hey, this episode is just chock full of those. And I got to say, every time that Dave and Aaron hit the slopes and they come up with some amalgamation of snowboarding or skiing, I'm just blown away by their creativity. And here, I almost questioned if I liked this more than the uh, ladder on skis because this was such a simple concept that anybody could think of, but nobody has. It's tandem snowboarding, double bindings fastened to one snowboard, and the boys just have to find a way to share the board down the hill. And it's hilarious. This was probably my favorite part of the entire episode. I, I agree, man. I love this one. I love there's no there is a part coming up that was my favorite, but it wasn't even the full sketch. But this one, you know, I, I, I agree that as a as a full experience, this was better than the ladder snowboarding. But that's only because they barely gave us anything in the ladder snowboarding. If they gave us a full like a full three minutes of it, I'd be happier with it. But this was so much fun. I mentioned earlier how you get these stunts like Pontius's in BMX polo where it starts with a concept and then it just devolves completely from there. Yeah. That's one version of a jackass stunt. The other version is when it starts with a concept and it's chaos in the beginning because they have no idea how to make it work. And then the stunt becomes about mastering it. And this is typical of like a lot of danger Aaron stunts. You think about like the downhill scooter, a lot of his like tests and stuff is, is him getting good at the thing and finally perfecting it. And you get that in this one. Like they start off so bad at this and it's hilarious because they can't, they fall and this, the slope is, is steep enough that they can't stop. Neither of them can stop it. So they just keep going down. There's one moment where they kind of have some momentum yeah. and they end up turning towards the trees and then both of them try to bail at the same time because they're going to go straight into a tree. Yeah. But then by the end, they're like hitting jumps and, and turning at the same time, like professional snowboarders would be able to figure out. It was, I fucking loved this one, man. I had such a good time with it. Yeah, no, totally. And that that is the path to mastery right there. Yeah. It's just trying everything you can in in a new arena of whatever it is that you're doing that's never been done before until you figure out, okay, this is the way forward. And for a sketch that you could have just, you know, tried a handful of times and gave up 
pretty quickly after it wasn't working. They made it to a successful state, and that's really cool to see. It's part of the reason I like it, because you can even see the techniques as they're going along. Like, they start off with crisscross legs, so they kind of like crisscross the legs to strap in. Then that's not working, so they do one behind the other, kind of like a doggy style, if you will. And then my favorite, though, was the squat over, where they had one guy (laughs) squatting down and the other guy standing, like, over him and, and strap it in. And yeah, it was just, it was fun to see all the ways they could think of to make this thing work. And uh, I applaud them for for trying it. And again, it turned out to be the surprising standout for me personally of this episode. What, what I totally agree. For a rating on this one. You know what? I, I'm, it's kind of amazing that I'm going this high. I, I would have, I, I, I feel like a broken record. I would have loved a little bit more talking to the camera, but it's clear we're just not getting that anymore in Jackass from Dave England. Um, uh, but even still, I'm going to give this one an eight out of 10. I think it's just Dave and, and Aaron, uh, uh, Dave England and danger Aaron just giving us the best versions of themselves as athletes and as people who are willing to risk their bodies. Uh, uh, and in spite of the fact that they had some good content continued to try to make the stunt work. Yep. I, I agree, man. It, it was, a success. They, they tried their hardest. They persevered. And uh, like I already said, a standout for me, a surprise hit. So let's give this the old Eric Lindros. Hey. This an eight out of 10. Hey, well eights, done. Baby. I love that. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Now, now uh, who's the got old, the hockey the knowledge? Maybe Eric I should Lindros. Do the fucking, I like it. Maybe I should do the sign off. Huh? How about that? <laughs> eh? my, my other, other podcast, yeah, the yeah. sign off framework <laughs> podcast. Um, Man, this is this has been a fun episode, and I think you mentioned something earlier in in this episode here. It it feels very chock full of these interstitial type things that we don't tend to rate in shorter sketches, but for some reason it is working really well here. And the trend continues all the way to the end, just about. This next one features Rick Kosick. He doesn't get a lot of time to feature in sketches, so it was fun to see him do something different here. This is the toupee. Now, before we decide like the, the the whole idea for the sketch had come around. They actually were just sitting around in the casting room there talking about, hey, you should shave your head. And of course he's he's denying it. He's saying, no, I would never do that. I don't want to do that. Tremaine's like, you know, you look good bald. You know that. You know that. Well, how, you basically how does have to he do know it. that? <laughs> yeah, that, that was lost on me too. But Johnny pipes in and says, well, how about this? Let's turn it into a sketch. You go around town, you're wearing a toupee and you're losing it all over the place in front of people. You know, you sneeze it off or you slip or whatever. And that's all it takes for him to agree. They're at the barbershop in the next, you know, next segment. And, uh, they cut his hair off so that he looks like that dude from the office. You know, the one I'm talking about? Oh, Kevin. Kevin. Yeah. Yes. You know, he's, he's got the, uh, what do you call that? The halo of hair. They left, they didn't go completely bald. They left the yeah, hair he looks like the... He looks like uh, uh, the back half of a monk's haircut, right? There like, you go. <laughs> front, yeah, yeah, yeah. Front, like he's about to brew us some beer or something like that. He Take has aged silent. like 35 years just by getting this haircut. Holy crap. It's, it's incredible. He looks like a, a completely different man. I agree. Um, I think, I think that was the best part of the sketch for the most part was them convincing him to, cause again, anytime you get the jackass crew, just talking to one another as, as friends, yeah. it, that's when you get some of the best content in them. You it's clear. They're convincing him to do something that they don't think is going to be a good idea, but they just want to see him shave his head. And when he's got his head half shaved, he's already got the halo on everything on the top is shaved. He's still got the stuff on the sides in the back. And Johnny says, you know, if you want to back out, that's fine. As if there's like any way he can back out at that point. It's great, man. It's, it's, it's fantastic. Um, but I do think the prank is kind of 
the worst part with one exception. Okay. There's a, there's a, there's a point in this one when a guy's walking, like he's standing at a crosswalk and the guy's walking towards him and Rick sneezes and his toupee falls off and the guy right angle turns away from him. He changed his plans for the day and just walked off in a different direction because of that sneeze. Like that is the <laughs> definition of the butterfly effect. Like the dude went off yeah. to a completely different place. He probably met his wife that way. He tells his kids the story about how their life never would have been the same. If this guy with the toupee didn't sneeze it off. Uh, he just changes his entire, his, his entire life took a different track because he didn't want to deal with the fact that he was walking towards someone who sneezes to pay off. It was great. Yeah. You know, okay. Sure. Sure, you know, give the sketch, maybe it doesn't deserve a whole lot of credit for being, you know, a standout, but I think you're right. The toupee thing really did seem to touch a lot of lives because there's also that <laughs> other lady that she screams like she was about to get run over by a car when this thing <laughs> flies off. I, I think she might have thought that the man just sneezed his brain right out of his skull or something because <laughs> the way she reacted was just like... It was like a 10 when it should have been like a three. And yeah. uh, I just found that funny. Uh, but it, yeah, it was you're funny. right. There were, there were a couple, like really you only get like four, four instances of it. And I just couldn't help but think like, Rick, was it worth it? You had 45 seconds on camera sneezing yeah. your toupee off and you had to shave your head into that haircut because of it. That that to me is the prank is that they got him to shave his head. So good on him for for playing along. But I'd be pretty bummed out if I shaved my head and got 45 seconds in a jackass episode because of it. Yeah, no, you're totally right, though. There's like a whole meta thing going on here. It's like the guys knew, oh, this isn't really about the toupee thing. We just want right. to, get, to get him to shave his head. And as the viewer, you kind of pick up on that as well. And it is. Yes. It is funny. Uh, do you think that this is worthy of extra points in, in a rating due to the fact that uh, after the sketch is over, he's walking around like this for the next X, <laughs> however long it takes to grow back, you know? Yes, because if you choose to see this as a prank on Rick then the prank is that kind of like Steve-O with his eyebrows. The prank is that every time you see him in every other episode, <laughs> he's not going to have eyebrows in Steve-O's case, or he's not going to have a yeah. full head of hair yeah, in yeah. Rick's case. And sadly, they do say at the beginning of this one when they're planning that they say to Rick, come on, this is the this is the end of the season or this is the last episode. So I don't, I think right. that means we won't get to see him like walking around it behind the scenes with this haircut, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, which is a shame. That's too bad. But I think for a rating on this one, for me personally, it was a good idea that, um, again, if you're going to go this far to do something like this, you got. I think you got to find another way to make make it stand out just a little bit more, whatever that is. I don't even know what that is. I'm not very helpful. But sure. um, out of everything I've saw so far, I think this did better than, say, BMX Polo for me, but not quite as Steve-O as in the security guard. I'd give it a four out of ten. Wow, man, you are a hard yeah. marker. It's crazy. Yeah. Well, um, I don't know, man. Like, it's good that he that they got him to cut his hair. Don't get me wrong, but like, don't you feel like it was lacking? Like they could. I know, I do. And so here's, I know you're saying you're it. not sure what could have fixed it. I do. Okay. Uh, what I want what is, is a scene like the pube beard with Aaron McGahey, where it clearly shows, like, like have 
have Rick taking part in the stunt and then the camera just turns to look at everyone behind the scenes laughing like not even like have him out of focus have have the have the focus be everyone laughing at his haircut while he goes to do the stunt that he thinks they were filming for the show and it turns out they were just filming themselves laughing at his new haircut that would have been really funny to me okay or at least a couple of those moments but yeah. still i enjoyed it i love the fact that uh he had to walk around like that this, right. this again i read as a prank on him not so much a prank on the people who are who are in it like the, the the bystanders i'm giving this one a six out of ten fair enough fair enough and um i said that this episode kind of was a collection of interstitials and smaller things this feels like the meat on the bones here this is yes. something that obviously took a little more planning uh it, it's got improvisation acting and it's got an element of surprise and in interacting with the public as well. So this is one of those jackass stunts that you can imagine. They had the drawing board out in the in the meeting room there, and they were trying to get all the angles right before they went into it. This is the bloody carpet. The idea here is that they've got this apartment, and um, they're trying to get a carpet cleaner to come over, and they're basically just trying to get a reaction out of this guy. There's a huge blood stain on the carpet that is splashed up onto the wall behind it. And they're basically and just going to handprints and everything, right? Like it's very clear that this is a human bloodstain. And I love when they get the guy in here. He's looking at the thing. He's like, what happened here? And they say, oh, you know, I think my roommate's dog is in, in heat or something yeah. like that. That's the excuse they go with. And we hear a chainsaw upstairs like, <laughs> right away. Like it doesn't take long. And the dude doesn't really react. The carpet cleaner. He's kind of just. I think he's trying to take it all in still. He's trying to, you know, put the information together. His brain's kind of going, okay, what is this? You know, am I being played here? Is this dangerous? He's not quite sure yet, but to his credit, he's sticking with it. And um, before- I'm of two minds. I'm of of two minds in here because, you know, this takes place in stages and it's all the stages of like his, his being the carpet cleaner's reaction to the events that are going on. One, he probably cleans up blood a lot in his line of work. Okay, um, fair enough. And and he probably cleans up crazy ass stains. Like you don't call a carpet cleaner like him unless there's something crazy there. And blood is one of those things that just seems to stain everything. So I'm sure it's happened before. That's one thought. The other thought is is like you're saying, he's got the chainsaw. He's got one very aggravated person. It is amazing to me he stuck around as long as he did. Amazing to me he stuck around as long as he did. And then the and and then to go back to that first part, maybe he just deals with this shit all the time in his line of work. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, it's it's strange, but at the end of the day, there's nothing against. There's like no law that says you can't go to someone's house and clean blood off a carpet. So in right. his mind, it's a paycheck. Despite all these weird things going on around him, he he's trying to be professional, but it's not long until Knoxville comes down the stairs. He's the other player in this sketch. And I, we didn't mention, but I'm actually not too sure who it is who's playing the, the No, roommate. I didn't recognize him. Yeah, um, the, the quote unquote homeowner who's, yeah. who's talking to the carpet cleaner. But Knoxville comes down the stairs with a garbage bag and a fake hand pointing out, poking out of the bag, you know, and it's bloodied up and everything. And he's just having a chat. He's like, hey, hey, buddy, can you come over here? And he's talking to his roommate. Uh, I just got to talk to you about something real quick. Hey, carpet cleaner guy still here. Feet planted in place. <laughs> feet planted there. He's not going anywhere. Uh, he's even starting to get his tools out now. Um, so they come back a moment later. He's spraying the carpet down and he's saying to the guy, you know, I saw on the Discovery Channel this guy yeah. who kills people and uh, chops them up into pieces and stuff like that. And puts them in their freezer uh, or something. Puts them in the freezer, yeah. And obviously you can tell what the carpet cleaner is trying to do here. He's trying to get a reaction to see like, okay, 
you know, what's going on here? Is this guy going to react if I say something? Am I going to set him off? Exactly. I think is like a gutsy move. Because if this was real and these guys are really murderers and you're saying shit like that, I think you'd be next. A hundred percent. And like he has a moment when when the guy he's talking to leaves to go upstairs to talk to Johnny and the carpet cleaner like picks up his phone. And I think he's going to call the cops at that point or something. And he doesn't. And I'm like, okay, so he clearly knows this is weird. Like he clearly knows there's something weird. And then the fact that he's bringing it up. Yeah, I'd be like, I would be playing stupid the whole time until I, until I kind of get a perspective. Why didn't he check the fridge or the freezer? That would have been funny. Like, like, <laughs> you know, to get that sense of like, pop it open if they, and if they had like predicted that and put like a human head in there, even better. Um, but, but it just shows that he's aware there's some, something weird going on and he sticks with it the whole time. It's crazy that he keeps working, especially as it keeps yeah. on going when Johnny starts to get more antagonistic and like, get him out of here. He's got to leave. Or like, you're going to be next or you did this and all that stuff. And it's very clear someone was murdered and he just sticks around. Even when he's left alone, I'd be packing up my shit and I'd be gone. And he doesn't, he like stays around there. He's still cleaning up. Like, man, that guy's got balls, more balls than I have. I know that much. Yeah. And even to pick up the phone, like you said, and call your boss like that. If the discovery channel comment didn't get you ousted, that, that would be the end of you right there. Yeah. I would not be calling anybody else. Well, in I mean, that, that made sense <laughs> to know? me. That made sense that, to me because he did dude. it in front of other people to be like, hey, someone knows I'm here and they know where I am. So th- I there's guess. no way you're killing anyone. Um, but the thing is, it's just I would have gotten out the minute that I heard a chainsaw. You know, like, fuck that. I don't care how much the paycheck is. I'm out. Uh, the guy is getting to a fight here. Knoxville starts rolling on the ground with a roommate. They're, they're punching each other. Uh, carpet cleaner to the rescue here. I've got pepper spray. He says, yeah. I don't know who he's going to pepper spray. If he thinks Johnny's the antagonist here, I'm not really sure what his I think that's are. how they were painting it. Uh, yeah. It seemed like that. So yeah, it's, it's crazy what someone will do in that situation. Like once they started fighting, that would have been again, another opportunity to run out the door in my mind, but here, here he is sticking around. Maybe um, that guy just really trusts his skills with pepper spray. <laughs> he just thinks that no matter what's going down, this guy can protect himself with some pepper spray. Maybe he's really good at it. Maybe he's like a Ninja turtle, but instead of nunchucks, he's just got those two pepper spray containers and he can just kind of spray whoever he wants. It's there impressive. But the by the way, we, we talked about in the beginning of the season, I think yeah. in like episode two, you, we were talking about how there was a, a scene in the intro where Johnny is naked rolling down the stairs. Yeah. That happens in this one. Oh, that's this. Oh, you're right. Yeah, did you did you miss that? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I didn't put two and two together, but uh, I saw it. And, and yeah, yeah, you're right. Randomly out of nowhere, Johnny just strips down all of his clothes and rolls down. I bet you they thought he was going to leave earlier. And they're like, how do we keep raising the stakes here? And yeah. Johnny thinks I'm going to take off all my clothes and roll down the stairs. And it's funny too, because he does that and nobody sees it. Like the guy's no. in the kitchen and when he rolls down the stairs, he's at the entrance of the, the house. So Johnny and he doesn't see, he basically did that role for nothing, but I like that. It's in there. He the did it for us. Jay. He did. He did it for us. He did it for us. Johnny and was like, I said, after us. I wanted to know what that was from. There we go. That's what it was from. A good catch there, Mikey. <laughs> so, yeah, he's still cleaning the carpet at this point. He's spraying it. And the, the, the sketch basically at this point, like that guy stuck it out and he did his job. So they get to the end of it and he's he's going back to his van at this point. He's saying goodbye. Um, and Knoxville's in the balcony there looking out the window and he's, he's yelling at him. He's saying, if you know what's good for you, you'll keep this to yourself, which I feel like at this point in the sketch, the guy's going home. Did you really need that? Did you need to give him that extra, you know, dose of 
stress and worry or could, th- you, could you have just let him go you know honestly i think johnny was just amazed that this guy stuck around as long as he did doing what he did like in every stunt that we've seen where johnny rolls up with the bloody windshield or with the yeah. body in his trunk or something like that you always get there is always a breaking point with the person he's pranking that guy this guy didn't have it he's like i don't give a fuck i've cleaned blood before i'll clean blood again i've got an appointment 15 minutes from now down the street and i guarantee you it's going to be another blood stain i'm not (laughs) going to ask any questions as long as i get my paycheck and johnny's (laughs) just trying to needle him to see what kind of reaction he can get and apparently he can't get any i wonder if they sign the check in uh in feces yeah you listen, bringing it back to tax season, man. <laughs> I mean, come on, get some night monkeys. It, it was your idea, man. No, you, I like you it. came up with that one. I know. And it was a great idea. <laughs> okay. And I'm going to listen. Right. Tax season is coming up. I'm doing it this time and this time again. See if it works. Good. You might get a little extra on your return. I'll send you a little <laughs> nugget back in return. Uh, <laughs> that is the end of the episode, though. Season three, episode eight. And what a fun one it was. I think uh, before we go, though, we should probably do a rating because I'm getting ahead of myself. So let, let's do that. Let's do that. Sure, for rating for bloody carpet. I'll go, <laughs> yeah, I'll go with this one. I listen almost to the detriment of the sketch. This guy was too willing to play ball, but I loved the fact that then it was just a matter of Johnny seeing how far he could take it. Uh, I'm going to give this one a going to give this one a seven out of 10 as well. It's pretty consistent rating for me in this in this episode across the board. Seven was good. I had some fun with it. Um, maybe lasted a little bit too long, given the fact that we don't get that like big payoff. But uh, but I think that's still warranted. I'm going seven and a half out of ten nice. on this one, just because I'm with you. Like I'm right there, man. It, it's it could have used maybe a little more of a payoff, but in a sense, the fact that it didn't have a payoff was kind of like to its credit because it's showing the strength and resilience of this guy who's not <laughs> even in the show or aware of what's going on. Just like and maybe it's stupidity, maybe it's not strength and resilience, but it was just entertaining to see the psychology here at play of like what would happen in this situation. If someone didn't break and, you know, they were in on it the whole time. So I, I found that very interesting. Um, I still I'm glad I, I'm glad we got it in the form that it's in, because it was yeah. it was impressive to see, as you mentioned, the resilience of some people when uh, money and their job is on the line. Holy moly. Makes me feel uh, uh, like we're pretty fortunate to uh, not have a job where we're ever going to be forced to clean up blood after anyone. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, I think with this episode overall. It had its ups and downs, but I am surprised that uh, for something that I thought was going to be average, I'm looking back at my ratings and I have two solid scores here, like two, you know, close to tens, tandem snowboarding in this one, the bloody carpet. I really enjoyed this episode overall. It, it so surprised I me. Agree. How about you? I agree, man. I uh, Here's the thing is I don't think it had that like one major stunt that really wraps it all up. Uh, But there were a lot of episodes in this season that didn't have that one major stunt. I mean, you get episode one and two that ends with like the omelet and nutball or like thereabouts one and two. Um, This one felt like this season felt like often they didn't put a put a bullet or like a button on the episode. And this episode is the same. But I look at my scores, sixes, sevens and eights all across the board like. I enjoyed it the whole time. It was frenetic. We didn't even get to rating a lot of them, even though they were pretty meaty episodes. This is like what I remember the pacing of Jackass being. And I actually really loved this episode. Yeah, it was an episode of of uh, of like moments that kind of just jumped out at you in the rough. And it was those moments that kind of just they stick with you. And I, I think I'm going to this is one that I would even go back and and watch again and probably have as good of a time. There's some that you're kind of one and done. I don't need to see that again. 
this for me was was a was a recommend. So I mean, hey, that's that's the thing when when an episode doesn't yeah. rely on like punchlines on like big moments, that means that it's just fun and is still good. That means it's just fun to watch all the way through. I agree. I think this is one totally. is, is is very replayable. Um, but with that, Jay, you want to get into our MVPs and LVPs, the most valuable player and least valuable player of this episode? I do. If if you want to let your mustache do the talking. I uh, Chris Pontius singing in France. <laughs> yeah, uh, what did you think uh, of that? Another, that was great. You know what? The the post credit sequence was was awesome in this one. I, again, you you do get that that little element where Chris Pontius is singing a song in France about needing his mustache to do the talk, and they're like, "Well, you need to grow a mustache." Then he says, "No, I do not need to do it to grow a mustache." <laughs> it's like, okay, I don't know what that means, Chris, but I believe you when you say it. Um, I like, yeah, he's just he's just kind of like, "No, I don't want to." <laughs> yes, yeah, just playfully. No, I don't. And want then to. <laughs> and then farther farther towards the end yeah, of yeah. of the credits, you get him when he's dancing in his Chippendale outfit in the yeah. water tubing and he's singing us are you saying he, the, the episode fades out as he's saying man if i weren't uh if i weren't dancing in a strip club for money i'd be dancing in a strip club for free <laughs> like, that's such a pontius yeah. line man good on oh him. it was great but yes i think you're right um do you want to jump in we, we could do some i'll jump MVPs. in my my mvp uh is is going to be dave england you know i think i think between the the ice blocks where he just absolutely dominated them and then the resilience and perseverance on the tandem snowboarding uh he just brought a lot of the type of vibe to this episode that i love which is that kind of crazy extreme sport and the ability to put one's body at risk in order to uh to get the the good shots fair enough um, and I think that's a, that's a safe one to go with. Dave England is always, he's just always impressive. The thing yeah. is, he's not even like a, he doesn't do these huge outrageous things all the time, but yet he's been an MVP for us a lot. Totally. I feel like, totally. It's, it's, Hey, what did I say? Season one? Like he, he's just, he is the undefeated. He's, he's the most underrated member of the team. I think he's, I think he's fantastic. Totally. I think for mine on the MVP side of things, I would go with, it's clear, it's clear who it is. It's the carpet cleaning guy. Of course it is. <laughs> That's a good point. Like, That's a very good point. That's a it's very It's like good point. I already said, he's either incredibly stupid or incredibly courageous, but man, if that had been anybody else, I feel like they would have bailed so much sooner. And yet we got a whole, you know, sketch sketches worth of entertainment just from watching what that guy was going to do next. Yeah. And I think that was the highlight of the episode next to the tandem snowboarding for me was just seeing how that was going to play out. Cause you, you were just on the edge the whole time wondering. So I gave it to him. That's a good one. That's a very yeah. good one. As I mentioned, you always have very good choices in this sometimes off the board. My LVP choice is off the board as well. <laughs> my, my least choice is the it's ice the- ramp. Okay. It's the ice it's ramp. The ice ramp from it's, the did, hockey ramp. Ice ramp. You had one job: be a ramp, <laughs> and you failed so hard at it. Oh, what think, are you doing? Yeah, yeah, part of that was Dunn's fault, though, because like whatever <laughs> he carved was like a, I don't know. It's like when you take hardened play-doh out of a, a play-doh out of a fucking you know, and it's kind of it's like more crusty than, crusty than soft at that shape point. It's falling apart at the edges. Yeah, I don't know what he was trying to do there, what his thought process was, but yeah, very poor ramp. I'm with you on that one. Um, yeah, I think for LVP for me, I already said it and I don't think I need to go too much into more detail, but it's Bam, man. I just, mm. I like, I like his, his gusto and I like the shit he does, but it's just the attitude on this one just irked me out of the gate. Maybe I was just in a mood or something, but <laughs> I don't know, man, that's it. 
Uh, he's I get becoming, it. He was, he's he was becoming a close my second. season run, season one Ryan Dunn for you. Honestly, like, I, I you hear the voice, Dunn. and I, I don't blame yeah. you. I don't think he's he, I don't think he's got an amazing season. Although you know, I do love Skunk Car and a couple of his showings, but a lot of the time it feels like he's just trying to be too cool for school. in, in this season, I agree. And that's it. That's all she wrote. I think that's, that's it. Uh, that, like I said, good episode. I'd watch that one again. And if you're watching along with us at home, hey. I don't know. Maybe give us your thoughts. We'd love to hear what you think of uh, Jackass, of of us, of the show. You want to leave some feedback, you can leave us a rating. Uh, Apple Podcasts, uh, our Spotify has uh, ratings now as well, I believe, yeah. and uh, you can leave one there. Just anything you can do to spread the word helps us, or you can you know find us and interact with us at Pod on Instagram and Twitter. So yeah, thanks for listening. Thanks for being here with us once again. Mikey, any closing comments for this edition nope, of the jacket. not quite not quite uh, uh you know we used to be a little bit more interactive or at least for the past couple of weeks on instagram uh, uh chris has been as we mentioned he's away right now so he hasn't been able to be quite as active but over on twitter you know getting some retweets and some replies from the likes of preston lacy and uh and rachel wolfson uh kind of helping us out over there so join us on the communities guys we're, we're we're doing the best we can to to give you some good content interact with you there and uh that's half the reason we do this is to yeah. kind of just make it so that these things are endlessly discussable and so that everyone has uh, people to go to to talk about their favorite episodes of the show yeah and if there's any any part of chris aaronworth left out there in the uh, <laughs> cambodian jungle um i think if he were here right now he would tell you to just go and do it and you know he would he he's always looking for a way to pitch this as how will it benefit you the listener well i, I think i have it right here listen it's great for our egos if the numbers go up. Yes. Sure. But I think at the end of the day, as you as the listener, the bigger we get, the more likely we can interact with, as Mikey already said, more of the Jackass crew. For sure. And the affiliates. And that's something that we want to bring to you in the future if we can do it. Uh, you know, give you those interactions, maybe even have someone on a, sh- on a show one day. I don't know. So just, you know, if you have a friend, share it, spread the word, help us get nice and big. Nice and big, harder and faster. And uh, yeah, we we broke. We if you're following yeah. us on Instagram, we broke that top fifty on iTunes, which was pretty big. That was that was pretty big. Uh, um, yeah, baby. And we'd like to we'd like to stay getting up there. The best way we can do that, guys, is ratings and reviews on Apple Podcasts goes such a long way. Make sure you subscribed if you're not. And uh, enough of us pandering to you guys. You know the deal. Uh, you know. A lot of you have already done it, and we appreciate all that. We uh, do. But uh, can't hurt to tell a friend. Can't hurt to tell a friend. And uh, it also can't hurt, Mikey, to say goodbye. Oh, it always hurts to say goodbye. It always hurts, baby. always hurts. But uh, I've had a lot of fun here. I'm glad we did this one. We'll be back for one final episode pending. We'll talk about the gumball thing a little later, probably. (laughs) One final episode of season three. And until then, bye. I'm Jason Wellwood. Bye. I'm Mikey Aaronworth. Bye. I'm Chris Aaronworth. (laughs) And this has been Jackass. Furnished by Sad Styles Productions. Get into it!